welcome to another episode of Alpha Podflight, the podcast where every episode I'm joined by a guest and we talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. My name is Gareth A. Hopkins and this time I'm joined by Jenny. Jenny, could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, hi, I'm Jenny Robbins. I'm uh, one of those new breed of comic fans, the pretentious kind, that read a lot of comics but very few of them have superheroes in. Uh, I also make comics and I'm an illustrator and a teacher and a bunch of other stuff that yeah. creatives tend to do a bunch of stuff because yeah you've got to fill the time somehow yeah exactly yeah, that's fine uh, and then we met uh ages ago oh yeah sort uh, of uh, we were in a book together a book yeah. of fashion illustration yeah back when that was when I was accidentally trying to do yeah same yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun yeah it yeah. was I really enjoyed it and I missed drawing clothes yeah but you should just, just do it just do it but um, yeah, so thank you for coming on. Um, the what did you know about Alpha Flight before you agreed to be on the podcast? Um, I mean, before I agreed to do on the podcast, I knew that it was a comic that you were doing a podcast about. <laughs> I sorry for the listeners. I gave a thumbs up for a while. Thumbs drinking. up. Uh, I didn't know anything about it. I know a like kind of average amount about X Men. I suppose yeah. I watched the cartoon when I was a kid read a little bit of the comics as a teenager but not a lot yeah um have seen probably two-thirds of the films <laughs> but then uh i don't the new films or the old films or all of them together i would say of all of the marvel universe films right since in the last 10 years <laughs> yeah 15 years i've probably seen about two-thirds Okay. I mean, I could, we could pause and I could make a list. It's fine. But I, I'm not going to do it. I had heard of North Star, but I don't remember how. Like, okay. I probably came across him in X-Men. Yeah, probably. Um, he was in X-Men for a while, I was, think. That would be it, then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, none of the other characters, particularly. Certainly not from the one that I've made you read. No. No. But I, I like the characters. They are yeah. uh, it's a good interesting mix. ones. So, the, the issue that we're talking about is 55, which came out in February 1988, or didn't... It came out in 1988 and was taken off the shelves oh, yeah, in you explained February. this in a yeah, previous episode. I don't want to make that mistake. So, if that times. makes no sense, guys, make sure you go back and listen to all of the previous episodes. That yeah, that little nugget of information will be in one of them. Um, yeah, so it's called Identity Crisis. Um, Bill Mantlow is on the script... A young Jim Lee is on pencils. Tony Dezuniga? Dezuniga? I should Dezuniga? prepare these before reading them. It was on inks. Janice Chang was on letters. Bob Sharon was on colours. Carl Potts was the editor. And Tom DeFalco was the Pooh Bar in chief. I've just noticed that that's the first one we've done with Jim Shooter's not being the editor in chief. It's exciting for me. Good. Not necessarily for anybody else. Good. Could you give a synopsis of what happens in the comic? Um, so I'm going to do the leafing through. That's perfect. That's the best way to make sure that we yeah. don't make any glaring errors. Um, so the beginning is all about um, the identity crisis of Sasquatch or Sasquatch. Sasquatch? Oh, don't. No. <laughs> of Sasquatch. After shame um, and shaman. No. no. <laughs> shaman, the toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Uh, yeah so Sasquatch is having an identity crisis um, which apparently is not like him slash her but um, (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole uh, thesis worth of identity politics you could talk about in just the first kind of three pages three four five pages just in that one panel on page three yeah yeah Um, 
where so this is who this is martha no uh, the, heather. The, heather sorry martha's your martha's daughter. My daughter unfortunately and... not the leader of alpha flight oh, that is a sh- Ambitions maybe for your maybe children. in the future <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i've i need to premise this we've already discussed before we start yeah. recording i'm terrible at names and i'm probably gonna get all of the names so that wrong. gives me a chance to show off by knowing them all that's very good yeah so uh heather comes in and finds uh wanda slash sasquatch slash walter slash snowbird slash apparently 10 other people yeah um uh having having like a bit of a sulk because she doesn't know who she is which is understandable because uh, her consciousness has been in a lot of different bodies yes and as is explained um on page three it's been um first walter langowski 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 yeah I yeah. think I've been saying Langowski, but that's because I haven't read it properly. It's got a K in it. It's got it has got a K. Uh, who is the handsome Hulk, handsome hunk, <laughs> although later Hulk, and brilliant biophysicist. Yeah, so he was a rich, hunky ex-football player biophysicist. Nice. And then he became the Sasquatch. Yeah. Yes. Um, who was one of the ancient great beasts who occupied Earth. I'm reading this straight out. <laughs> Before mankind arose from the ooze. And that's not the end um, after the original Sasquatch was slain by Snowbird, uh, my mind <laughs> occupied first the box robot and then the body of the Hulk, yes. not to mention drifting in the void before returning to the Earth as Smart Alec, who presumably is the this little man, yeah. purple fellow with the giant orange head, uh, long enough to become box again in order to see Snowbird's Sasquatch body from pestilence. And since Snowbird was a woman, upon taking over her resurrected body, I became one too. What i would have liked is yeah. to have this again for snowbird because i'm like i don't know what happened to snowbird right because i know that in the early john Byrne issues she yeah. was a goodie yes and it sounds like she was a baddie for a while she was a baddie just long enough to get killed uh so oh it's it, yeah snowbird is kind of an awful character okay but uh during so sort of to shrink it down she decided that uh, she fell in love with uh a mountie no he wasn't a mountie yeah uh, he was in the rcmp uh, but he wasn't a mountie <laughs> he never stands wa- he... for royal canadian mounted police thank you um <laughs> i'm glad you said that because whenever it comes up in alpha flight they say rcmp and they put a little asterisk with a box on the bottom yeah explaining what it is i liked how in the other one um, there were a lot of editor notes, but there aren't any in this one. Is that a stylistic difference? Down to the editor, I would have thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she uh, fell in love, got married, got pregnant. When she got pregnant, she her body started, like, going... So her superpower is that she could change into any animal that's Canadian. Mm-hmm. And then she couldn't control that. She kept on changing into different animals... Oh, was was the fetus also transforming? The fetus, I don't. It wasn't clear if the fetus was transforming, but it did grow really quickly. Okay. So classic. Within like two or three days, she was fully pregnant and ready to have a baby. And then, because it's a magical baby, yeah. Shaman said we need a source of power to like in Canada to link this baby to. Like plug it in at the mains. Uh. The... <laughs> <laughs> Um, not like so. Like, um, could have ground it in. I mean, ground it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so he got Doctor Strange to help him, and they found a source of power, but it wasn't. Re- it wasn't a good source of power. It was a bad source of power, okay. pretending to be a good source of power. 
and Pestilence, who was uh, an explorer who was in a stas in stasis under the ice, growing more and more hateful of the living all the time, um, took the life force of the baby as it was born Aww. and came out as a supervillain. They all had a big fight, and then the fight stopped, and I can't remember why. I think it may be because I haven't read those issues. <laughs> and then they went back, and Snowbird was... Um, she'd sort of given up being human because she'd lost her baby. Yeah. And then they went and found... They went to fight pestilence in a mine. And this is all from, like, five different issues. You totally ruined the point of this podcast. But Sorry. anyway, so they fight, <laughs> they fight pestilence in a mine, turns back into a baby, and then just as pestilence forces Aurora, who's turned into Sasquatch, to try and murder the baby... And then, just as she decides not to murder the baby, vindicate, he doesn't really, she's made that decision, and shoots her and kills Aurora. And her husband and child are dead also. Wait, so Aurora is also Snowbird? No, I've just got their name confused. <laughs> it feels like an elaborate prank now. Uh, no, um, no, so, no one yeah. knows what's going on. And then on. they got buried. So Aurora's then... fine. Aurora's fine. Apart as, from as, her usual As far issues. as she is ever fine. Um, Snowbird died but then be because snowbird was sasquatch because she'd given up being <laughs> yeah. human yes she when was Walter buried came as back, sasquatch right pestilence came out of the ground that using her like a... body is yeah and then he jumped into the sasquatch body not realizing it was a lady body because blah 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 and now he's a lady okay but he's not he doesn't look like aurora did when she was a woman does he not no he's got she white not. hair yes but um, when Aurora was a woman, she had like blonde hair, okay, and looked like just just like a normal woman. So this is rather more like the form that the complicated consciousness has formed. Yes, yeah. So okay. it's kind of like Walter's idea of what a woman would look like if she was a woman version of him. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense, does it? No, not it's at all. Cool. It doesn't make sense that when she changes from Sasquatch to a lady. She wears just gym gear. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But also, she then says, as she's turning into Sasquatch on page four, mm -hmm. um, that uh, she doesn't want sisterly comfort. There was a time when I'd have hoped for far more from a woman. Yeah. So that's very unclear about what the sexuality of the character is. Yeah. Like, is that... Did, like? Does she fancy women? Does she not fancy women? As I understand it. It doesn't get discussed very <laughs> yeah. often because it's complicated and probably more complicated yeah. than you'd want in this type of comic. I think she's a straight woman. Right. Who remembers being a straight man rather than a lesbian. Yeah. So. So that's a very binary reading of gender politics, but that's the time that we're reading from <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah um and i really enjoyed the um very hairy natural loincloth yeah that's of sasquatch that's always so you can never you can never tell what's going on down there so no. we don't like presumably there's a penis that's a good point and so in one of the issues which has been covered on this podcast um a lady who is flirting with Walter asks if everything enlarges proportionally uh, when he changes, and he saw, and it suggested that it does. Okay. But I hadn't. Well, if it stays in yet. proportion, he must have some generous pubic hair. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, she. But well, yes. Wonder. 
Wanda but then as uh, as Wanda transforms into uh, Sasquatch, yeah. it, the form becomes quite male. There's definitely no boobs. Yeah. And there is the hairy loincloth. I wonder if, uh, still feeling quite masculine on the inside, she chooses to transform to go to the toilet because she's more comfortable with that. <laughs> Maybe. She goes for a walk outside. Maybe it's like Maybe a that's what big it is. animal going to the toilet. It is probably just... Um, maybe, but then because it's the ancient beast, maybe mm. it's like maybe it's sexless, like a like a candle. Possibly now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something that I'd thought about, and uh, <laughs> it's possibly not something that many people have thought about until oh, just now. That yeah, that's just Jenny comes and reads the comic, thinks all about genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, so with they're discussing the identity crisis that she's going through. Yes. There's also a slight recap in a nice little uh, different colour scheme here yeah. um, about the fact that they are in uh, the... North Pole. The North Pole, in uh, the Lair of Bedlam, which yeah. I believe is an individual, this this pink individual here yes. in the picture, um, who they've recently had a fight with. They won, but in the process of it, a whole entire team yes. uh, became deceased. The derangers. Deceased derangers. Uh, which is quite... like You'd think they'd be more sad. They haven't. They don't mention that after that. No, no. Um, did they know them well? Not at all. That's that's probably why they just used to dealing with. Yeah, I don't. Death yeah. as superheroes is quite a lot of it. Th- there's probably quite a lot to talk about the derangers, but we'll, I'll talk about that in. Yeah, when do we that when they're issues. when they're in their issues, so we don't need to talk about that. And it's not just me trying to remember them from <laughs> whenever I read it two weeks ago. Uh, Apart from one of the derangers, who's, who's goblin, who's goblin, who is um, described. I really was interested by this phrase yeah um, who's described as like um un- savagely unpredictable yes and they were uh they needed to they were gonna slay her but they didn't decided not to yeah uh, and induct her into beta flight which yeah. as you know is the second tier of canada's the trainee superheroes alpha mostly yeah. children or just uh, like uh, just youth or in training yeah, yeah, just undeveloped superheroes. Yeah. Um, and they've decided to keep her because uh, Purple Girl seems to be able to reach out to Goblin's otherwise autistic alter ego. Yes. And the the choice of words are very strange, just to be like, oh, she's she's like savagely unpredictable, but otherwise autistic. No, 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 no. It's two <laughs> different not... people. Goblin is two different people. Okay. One is an autistic little girl. Yeah. Yeah. And no. The other yeah. Is two her twin personas. sister. Yes, who was absorbed. They tell that in this story. Uh, yeah. It's like they tried to get rid of her in the womb because she was a mutant. Because she was a mutant, and yes. instead she was absorbed into the same person. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like a plot point of a really big story that Mantlo is setting up for. Mm. That they live at the same time in two different worlds, oh. and they mention it later on. So. Yeah, they alternatively live in live world or dead world. And uh, Goblin is from live world. My cat is clawing your coat. It's fine. It's probably <laughs> fine. There's no food in it. No, uh, she's just she's just claiming just it. Just having a nice sit down. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, so Goblin lives in... Uh, yeah, so they prefer it in live world, which is like this... We see, we'll see it later yeah. on. We'll, yeah, come we'll to get it to it, we'll get to it. But yeah, Goblin has caused problems because um, she keeps attacking everybody. Mm. But at the same time, usually also beating the baddie. Okay, so just 
Yeah. Indiscriminately so attacking. Everyone hates Goblin. Don't mind the little girl whose name I can't remember. Laura? Something, yeah. I think it's... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they all hate Goblin. So, yeah. And then we have... They're in the North Pole. I've had the recap. Uh, Heather has some more reminiscing. She does... She's constantly reminiscing. Yeah. Uh, but she hates being in the North Pole because it stinks of evil. And then she goes and finds the rest of the team. Yes. Um, and they're all having fun redecorating. Yep. Um, I understand... <laughs> so this, this would have been Mr. your... Mr. Jeffries. Mr. Jeffries, the superhero with the best name. Yeah. Although he's jumping out of box here and it doesn't look like the same character at all. Like, I think the flippy hair and the different colour scheme confused me for a little bit. Okay. And then I figured out that that's the same person. Yes. Um, and then there's another character who is like four characters in one. Yeah, so this would have been your first exposure probably ever to Mannequin. It's the first time he's come up in the podcast as well. Okay. It was very exciting for me because it's such a bizarre character. Yes. Um, do we want to talk about Mannequin a little bit? I mean, it's your podcast. <laughs> if you... So, <laughs> man- oh, I've been dying to talk about Mannequin for so long. Um, he is, <laughs> he was... Scramble, so Scramble is Madison Jeffries' brother, the evil one. Who Madison tra- Jeffries. Sorry, that- Madison Jeffries is Mr. Jeffries. Okay. His first name is Mr. Madison Jeffries. Madison's a great name for a boy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and his brother was Scramble, who was a supervillain. Uh, so they had two children, they called them Madison and Scramble. Uh, no, sorry, Scramble's <laughs> like, I can't remember his, his okay. actual first name, but Scramble was his supervillain. Okay, name. okay. Um, and, but he worked in, in a lab when he was pretending to be a goodie. Mm-hmm. And then the person who was mannequin, I can't remember his actual name, he was his assistant. And he was just like, I'm not sure I really agree with all these weird experiments you keep doing. So then when he scrambled, revealed himself as a baddie, mannequin was, uh, sorry, his assistant was like, I'm going to fight you. And then through some process, which was really stupid and not covered at all, his latent superpower was triggered, which was that he could call forth three other personalities from his evolutionary past and future. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the ego, the super ego and the id or something, but that is way funnier. No. So, so that's like primordial ooze, the pink bubble. It's a protoplasmic blob. Protoplasmic blob, but that, that can fly. Yeah, it just sort of floats about, dissolving stuff. Uh, and that's its skill. So they've each got different skills. Yeah. So uh, there's proto, I think it's named proto, Oh, I should be more ready. Yeah, Proto dissolves stuff. So it just... Just dissolves it. Dissolves stuff. Yeah. Into into liquid? It doesn't say. Just if he's in a fight, he'll dissolve whoever he's fighting. And and then they're dead? Yeah. They're, yeah, they dissolve. Okay. Yeah. Um, then there's um, Ape Man, who's yeah. his caveman past. Yeah. Uh, who's just really strong. And, and good at fighting. Yeah. And... He's kind of like a mini Hulk-ish thing. Uh, and then there is Highbrow. <laughs> highbrow. 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 Highbrow is from his evolutionary future. So presumably he it lives future, in the future. which is also the 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he's wearing um, some kind of blue funky visor. And a black leotard. And has like a... And high top sneakers. Some exciting hair that looks kind of sort of semi-ginger mohawk. Yeah. And he's wearing like a jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, and so he's much cleverer. 
than... He looks like Vanilla Ice if Vanilla Ice was like a basketball player. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Or if you took a nine-year-old geek and then just stretched him yeah. until he's really tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but his he can teleport things. Okay. So a lot. He teleports stuff. And that's Mannequin. And do they all always like get on with each other? Yeah, they're all best friends. Um and their sort of individual politics are kind of weird so that yeah they just get along yeah. uh, you can see here proto says geep that's what he says oh, when you nice. see a little geep oh sound nice so, they, they, geep. so he says geep and he says gnurk so yeah. those two can't really talk no but they can agree yes that's good and they're all lovely people as well that's, so that's they haven't lucky. yeah so... and they're all there to help each other out there's no yeah there's no is it, is it the idea that it's his actual descendant and antecedent yeah but then yeah. like he's probably like everyone's antecedent really if that's the primordial stew from which we it's <laughs> one of those things which they haven't thought through very hard it's like so many things you could do with all of these characters yeah always yeah that's what's fun about superheroes right but um no highbrow just is clever than everybody because he's evolutionarily advanced. Yes, he's very nice and doesn't make a big thing about Literally it. Literally says, transmutation and amazing power, even for being of my evolutionary advancement. Yeah. So that's like, he's impressed by Mr. Jeffries, as, as impressed yeah. as everybody else should be. Yeah. I really enjoy the visual representation of Mr. Jeffries' power, which is this yellow cloud full of black dots. Yeah. It's very graphically satisfying. Um, and um, it comes up quite a lot, actually, the same pattern. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I suppose it's... So, Jim Lee at this point, isn't... You You know who Jim Lee is? Uh, Big-time X-Men artist. Okay. There's, yeah, he's, he's a big deal in comics now. But this is his first comic. Not History. this, Maybe not this particular one, mm. but it's the first thing he did okay. as a series, I believe. It's definitely early work from him. So this is kind of him just sort of like working out how comics work a little bit, um, which is why it's a bit... It's very straightforward. There's no visual ticks. It's just getting the story out of the way. And that, but yeah, so this little, um, it's kind of like a simplified Kirby crackle. Okay. This yellow and black stuff. Would, Maybe that's um, why they use it a lot. Would they have talked about the color choices, or would he have just ink? Would they have just penciled it, inked it, and sent it off to the colors? Yeah. So the colorist would have got a guide. Okay, so they would have been like... Maybe not a lot. So Jim Lee might have made a note, I really want this to be black and yellow, or he might not have, and that might have, that might been, have been decided the by Bazooniger or yeah. Sharon. Bob Sharon. Bob Sharon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And until they release the bumper deluxe edition with all the original scripts, we won't know. We won't know, no. Which presumably... Until someone makes a documentary The enormous popularity after this podcast skyrockets into fame of mm. Alpha Flight will trigger that. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm pulling your face like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, okay, so... Right, we're not summarising very well. Using... Sa- so this is proper comic science. So Sasquatch... Yeah. Walter is a biophysicist. Yes. But he's also enough of a general scientist to redesign an entire base from scratch while so, he's actually outside having fun in the snow. So Mr. Jeffries is using those designs to fashion a new base for them until they can figure out how to leave the North Pole. 
Um, and then... they're all using their, their various skills to assist with the project. Yeah. Heather is uh, not very impressed. She's like, oh, why are you bothering? She's quite a lot like me in this flat. <laughs> which, I mean, I, I, <laughs> because I am currently repainting my kitchen and mm. I'm really grumpy about it. Yeah. Um, but, but um, do you walk in there in the morning and go, this stinks of evil. We should go as soon as possible. <laughs> no, no, I like the flat. It's, okay, it's not really right. like me. <laughs> but in that, um, my husband always wants to change things and redecorate. And I'm like, oh, should we not bother though? Yeah. But has your husband designed a system which extracts fish from under the polar ice cap and turns it into ready meals. Um, no. And also, I noticed when he did that, Yeah. why did she not smell it? He's, like, pointing to the fish dinner. It's like, see, there's a fish dinner here. And she's surprised. It's like, if there was really a fish dinner, she would have smelt it. Yeah. So just those that's little, true. Those little Maybe that's what the reek of evil was. Maybe. Maybe she just smelt the fish dinner. <laughs> so there's a really exciting device that sucks the fish out of the sea below them yeah. and transmutes it into tasty dinners. And oh, and the other Heather thing. is like, mmm, good. So Sorry, we accidentally skipped the fact that they are in the top of the base. And, and there's, there's actually a them. massive base underneath yeah. them which they haven't been down. So I was kind of expecting it to be like a bottle episode. There's something living in there. N- yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to be, we're trapped here with the thing. or yeah. But it w- it's not that at all, spoilers. No. Um, so that's what I was expecting. And then I remembered that this is a comic, not television. And there's no such thing as budgetary restraints <laughs> for what you can do. So then now we can do what we want. They do a version of that in the next issue. Ah. Yeah. But not in the same place. That would be telling. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, she has a fish dinner. She says that's lovely. Yeah. And then we see in the infirmary... Um, Purple Girl and Laura, and they're discussing... Laura's history which we've already talked about a little bit about how uh, when your parents tried to destroy one of a pair of twins the mutant one while you were both inside your mother's womb there's a a satisfying graphic depiction of half Laura half goblin face with the yellow and black again and also some pink cloudy stuff yeah Um, but it's not revealed that they are like swapping dimensions it's kind of hinted at yes so I think Purple Girl compares it to Sasquatch emerging from Wanda. Yeah, so she thinks it's more like uh, she's living inside you. Yeah. And then Laura's like, no, Goblin hates the death world. We both do. Um, but because she is otherwise autistic, mm-hmm. she's not explaining herself as fully as as uh, Purple Girl would like her to. And she's being a bit cryptic. Yeah. Um, uh and she's yeah, so she starts telling her about dead world and live world, and she's she's asking uh, Laura if she can tell her more about live world. She says no, I can only show you. Mm-hmm. But then she takes her inside. They use the mind touch. They use the mind touch, which is one like, of Purple Girl's powers. She uh, can go into people's brains now. Yeah. Yep. I, I thought I could only control minds, not get inside them. But That's I've been inside it. yours and Goblin's now twice. Yep. Uh, and then there's this really enjoyable uh, 1960s psychedelic panel. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that really famous artist that like did the Beatles covers? Do you know? It's like that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, it's proper like it's 60s psychics. Yeah. 60s version of psychedelia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so she goes into the other world. Goblin is there, and Goblin is looking pretty grumpy, flying about. Um, 
and emitting bubbles which she interprets as i'm not allowed to explore this world the world looks like floating islands green sky with pink clouds kind of pretty barren you don't see much of it yet but maybe in future in the future there'll be a lot more yep uh yeah and then she says there are worlds inside you laura um i saw them i also saw your alter ego goblin she wouldn't let me in yes and so we know that she doesn't actually trust purple girl yet she likes you but she doesn't trust you yes so it's gonna take a little bit more to win her trust and then we skip to uh, sasquatch in the outside uh throwing some snow around in this like final panel on page yeah. nine it looks like there's like an inca temple yes and then like that does not appear again it i think maybe that is true maybe that's the direction they were thinking of going in and then they couldn't be bothered to draw no, it it's too hard to yeah, draw, yeah just look just look quite fiddly with all the stairs yeah so then actually even though it's referred to in the text that he's like constructing an arena it just looks like pointy ice mountains yes yeah <laughs> um and something like it, this whole bit if the color was more sympathetic to alpha flight history mm. this whole next section would read a bit easier uh oh it'd make more historical sense mm. but um these the the sort of landscape that sasquatch creates here look if it was uncolored mm. would look like a landscape from previous okay. issues of alpha flight when, when he previously encountered tundra or no it was a different uh it was one of the uh, the deceiver one who's colored in brown okay who shouldn't be colored in brown but um yeah, they go to his realm, and it's all black and white. Ah. Um, so, and yeah, it would look more like that if I hadn't so coloured it in blue. be disappointed by this. The colouring in this bit does disappoint me a little bit, because, and like Tundra, so, sorry, wait, yeah. we're jumping ahead. Okay. So, Sasquatch has built this place, doesn't know why, he just, sorry. He's just got the urge. She just had that urge. Well, is it, I mean, it's in the Sasquatch farm, which, which pronoun is appropriate? <sighs> they... They, they go with they. feel compelled yeah. to construct this magical site and they don't know why and then who um, comes out uh there's a voice and it is tundra yeah the yeah, greatest back. of the great beasts which i think is just a, a humble brag it's not no that's it's probably not the greatest definitely of the, great the, beast. Biggest. the biggest yeah um, uh, and, and also then the first. This really enjoyable. Rob digging and hanging the end. Ejaculation. <laughs> Hang on. Let's... Yeah, Rob Rob Dingnangian Braggart. Yeah. Is that another name for Tundra? I don't know if or Rob is it just Dingnangian? What? Yeah. Is an actual English word. No. Should we Google it or is that? <sighs> I'll edit it in the in oh, the yeah, Google okay. afterwards. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, so he calls him a bragger. Uh, among the great beasts, all are equals in evil, apart from me, obviously, because I'm... Wait, because now we get the correct pronoun, because uh... it says even she who is strayed from the fold. There we go. And she... Um, it's quite a feminine visage in this. Now it is, yeah. Uh, maybe because it's been reminded in the text that this is meant to be a female <laughs> Sasquatch, but still with no boobs. Uh, I and don't then see Simon... No, someone... <laughs> Simon. I should have said Simon, but when I was reading this, I kept reading it as Solomon. 
Right. But it's someone. Someone. Yeah. Someone. Someone. The artificer. And in these kinds of comics, what you always do when you meet someone is shout their name. Yeah. So when when we started, I should have been like, Gareth, the comic <laughs> artist. <laughs> uh, we meet again. Well, it's good practice in comics to constantly tell every, tell the yeah. reader. Yeah. Who is exposition? Yeah. Or you could just include like a little thing in the fr- in the front with the pictures of everyone. You could do, yeah. Um, like some comic artists have. Yes, you could do that. But um, um you wouldn't but, get to shout. Or much, or you just that. like make it the convention that when you meet people you shout their name. Yeah. <laughs> and constantly refer to people by their name. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. um it's better that way, I think. Um yeah, so so much summon so, that, when you say it it sounds like you're saying summon the artificer and it's like, No, yeah. he's already here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't need to summon him. Uh <sighs> But he yeah. uh, is kind of like a Yoda-like face in a some kind of Aztec priest kind of yeah. get so, up with a staff. I mean, there's probably some more Canadian explanation. Yeah, there's kind of... So the Great Beast is sort of pre-First Nations mm. monsters. That's the idea. But pre-first. not really. Proto-nation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It said previously that they were there before men. Yes. But only in Canada. Only in Canada. Yeah. Uh, because, obviously, the the border ter- line between America and Canada was always there. Border. It was always there. Yeah. Before the countries were ever invented, it was, yeah. it was just set in. Well, we've seen uh, in, um, uh, for instance, Snowbird, mm. when she was around, she couldn't leave Canada. Could she go to Alaska? Uh, she never did. Uh, that I'm aware probably of. not. Or maybe she just didn't want to risk it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Summon turns up, and they have a chat about. Oh, they're saying that Sasquatch is one, one of, of the great beasts again. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't identify as a great beast anymore. Nope. Most of her identity crisis is to do with other stuff, and it's like, no, this is the one that you're actually feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, because she had issues that she couldn't put into words and she thought it must be about a million other reasons which are perfectly legitimate reasons mm. but no it was because these, she was being called out she was being called by the great beasts um of which there are two more uh which are going to appear um one of whom is Kriok Kariuk the corruptor yeah so Tundra doesn't have a, um, is that an, a verb? Uh, no, a, a ver- adverb. Adverb. Is that? No. No, it's just a... Pro, no, adjective. Descriptive Artificer. word? Uh, doesn't have an extra word no. for his name. <laughs> it's just Tundra. But we've got Summon the Artificer, Karok the Corrupter, and yeah. then... After a big old... After a massive advert. Um, Ptolemac the Fire Beast. Ptolemac the Fire Beast, who has no visual presence other than a fire mm-hmm. it's just a like, fire in the corner hanging out and they all come together all four great beasts needing only your help to reclaim this world from undeserving mankind so we don't know what's triggered these guys all coming out at once do we yeah so they or were they responding sasquatch into creating an environment oh, yeah, where they could would, come back that would be appropriate for them That's so he right. accidentally summoned them yes he summoned summon she did. She summoned someone. <laughs> she summoned someone. So, she summoned someone and it turned out to be someone. <laughs> um, and Tundra came out and then so did Karyuk and so did 
Tolemac. Yes, so they're all there, looking very visually different to each other. Yes. Um, someone is is person sized, but um, the other two are giant. Tundra looks like a kind of big blue golem. Yeah. Um, and Karyok, how do you say it? Karyuk. Karyuk. That's K A R I O O Q. Yeah. For the listener, um, Karyuk looks like a giant green punk skeleton. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, well, maybe not punk, maybe just balding. A bit like um, Eddie from Iron Maiden. Okay. Do you... Now you've said it, I can. I think. I think kind of even like. A bit like yeah. that, but naked and green. Naked and green. Yeah. Um. I I feel like uh, Karyuk is female. But I don't know possibly why I'm getting that vibe. Um, um, high cheekbones, but then you get that with a skull. Yeah. Like a. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Now I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if there there's a gender in the text. I can't. I'm finding it difficult to read <laughs> the words and talk, and at, talk the about at the same time. No. It's not a skill that I have. I always That's present fine. from bullet points <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> read a script. But um, yeah, so they are attacking. The rest of the Alpha and Beta flight are alerted to this by Sasquatch being thrown through the wall into the building. Back into the base. Back and can I just base. point out yes. one of my favourite sound effects of all time? Cathroom. Yes. <laughs> Bathroom, but with a K instead of a B. Cathroom. Yes. I would remember it as Cathroom, but I'm thinking Depends more of Depends on where you're from. If you're no, from I, don't, the north, I don't call it a bathroom, bathroom, but I do call Catherine Catherine. So maybe I'm. I yeah. read the Cath. At first, there's etymological yeah. questions. But uh, from the looks of it... Cothroom sounds just, better. Yeah, it's... Yeah. They're really good sound effects in this comic. Yeah, and I, I think it would have been them. Jim Lee would have drawn that on, rather than the letterer. Yeah. I think. Because it doesn't look legit. like... It's not particularly good lettering. No. Uh, no offence, Jim Lee. Uh, I, yeah. I don't enjoy the way that they um, have decided to outline some of the speech bubbles. In red, it really clashes. <laughs> Right. Uh, it's a poor choice, in my opinion. Um, I, presumably it's for emphasis, but just, yeah. um, just jarring. Yes. Generally, the rest of the colours are pretty great, I think. Yeah. They, I think they went through a rough patch where they're trying to... They changed, apparently, I can't remember who told mm. me, a previous guest had changed the paper stock and they yeah. were trying to get the inks right for the paper. And I think by now they've... They've just about cracked Yeah, the balance it. is pretty good. It doesn't look like those like dodgy reprints of Watchmen where everything is lurid and No. Yeah. Yeah. But I should since we're talking about colouring, so um when they first appear, what makes Tundra visually interesting is that compared to the rest of the comic, Tundra is in black and white. In the first appearance okay. in Alpha Flight One. But now he's turned up here, he's blue, because if he was white he would be the same as the background because they're in the ice okay. and same as Sommen. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I feel I, like they could have made it work. They could have just played with the I backgrounds. can't remember Karyuk, but he or she was probably in the early ones. They were quite lurid. Yeah. What annoys me about this though is that there's another great beast. Oh. Who they've just forgotten to include who was I had his name in my brain just moments ago what? and it is gone well no wonder they forgot them he's the <laughs> best looking one though uh. um and from issue six he fights against S- snowbird in the snow 
Colomac. Colomac. Colomac is the best looking one okay. by a long shot. Are you sure it's a great beast and not something else? Yes, because Snowbird fights him. Okay, because Snowbird Cause is also job. of that ilk. Her job is to fight. Yeah. Her purpose on Earth is to fight great beasts. Because she is descended from the gods that fought the great beasts originally. Yes. It's kind of like a Asgard versus giants situation. Yes. So, yeah, similar. Yeah. So, yeah. So they all turn up and they start wrecking the base. Yeah. And then most of the rest of the comic is the big fight. Um... They all get a chance to use their powers. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, Vindicator proves that she's now a good, a quality superhero by taking out two great beasts at once. Oh, yeah. It's a great, great name, Vindicator. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a villain name, really, doesn't it? It does sound a bit like a villain name. Or a um, team name from The Apprentice. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember where it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be Vindication. Vindicator, you've won this task. Um, you get to go and eat frozen ready meals in the yep. North Pole. Um, she... Yeah, it was a delicious fish dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, she chose the name Vindicator because it was previously a husband's name until he changed it to Guardian because at some point he realised that he wasn't vindicating anything. He was guarding Canada, so he changed his name. What does vindication mean again? Ooh, can't remember. Yeah, I feel like but she def- it's not the same as vindictive. Yeah, it's the is same it, thing. Is yeah. it? Because being vindictive is like being pissed off. Yes. Yeah, it's that same, yeah. same thing. So she decides that But you she's... can also get vindication? Yeah. Oh, I should have oh, prepared. Sorry. I should no, have done some homework. I should have. But yeah, she definitely says at some point, I have lots to vindicate. Yeah. So she's the vindicator. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so she channels uh, Ptolemac the Fire Beast into mm. a funnel and directs it at the ice behind the pestilence. Yeah, there's one. a really great classic comic moment where it's like, uh, Ptolemac, the fire beast, meet Karyok the Corrupter. You missed, mortal. I'd say you were right, Karyok, if my plasma funnel hadn't been intended to direct Ptolemac at the ice behind you. That's it's right. Like explaining what she's doing so that when we turn the page, you can see Ice the Preserver, yeah. which is not a character. <laughs> but is greeted <laughs> as, if, as if it is as if it's a character huh. um, unless that is supposed to be a character but I don't think it is I don't think it is no, no. I'm going to go to the to the sink and get water the hydrator <laughs> um, so now the corruptor is preserved under the ice but like not really dispatched. preserved just squashed um, but she can't rot anymore Oh, is that her superpower, rotting? <laughs> Their powers are not really explained in this at all, but I guess that's because we're supposed to already know. Yes. Even though we got Basil Exposition on all of the good guys' powers, so we were prepped for that. Yeah. Um, and they don't get to use their powers very much. Yeah, there's you guess no, that there's Fire's no power is to burn stuff. But, uh... I, I like the illustration of the uh, fire being funneled. It looks like a nerve cell. Yeah. Um which is being held up by or a vindicator. a big quaver. A big quaver? Not quaver, what's it? Yeah, like a big what's it with fire spurting out of the end. Yeah, like someone's like smashed a quaver really quickly into... Or a giant smoking cigarette. A bit, yeah. Okay. And then... Mr. Jeffries. Mr. Jeffrey, uh, what's the great word for how he goes into phase the box? In. He phases, phases in. in. Phase in! Um, again, with the enjoyable graphic yeah 
and goes to try and rescue Heather, even though it seems like she doesn't need it, except she's being She's been smashed into the ground. Uh, by Tundra's fist, and, and her legs called. are splashing up like a... And she's been called the Troublesome Mortimer. Oh, she well. is. It's just offensive. Um, if you've hurt the lady I love, Man Mountain, I'll chisel you down to a foothill. <laughs> <laughs> I am neither man nor mountain, mortal. And if time could not erode my power, what hope have you? But that's how um, Sasquatch defeated Tundra with erosion the first time that he met him. In the right? first issue, they defeat him with erosion, yeah. So now he's saying that won't work. Because, Even though it has worked. It, but it's because there's too much ice. It's like it's too easy for him to access. Yeah. It flows they, quicker or something. They, they yeah. kind of explain it. Yes, so in this comic, at some point, Tundra controls his size by sucking up extra ice. Yes. It's not yet, but it, it does happen. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, what's his name? Soman goes and has a chat with Sasquatch. An angry chat, but they have a chat. Yeah, so about he's, what his destiny why should deny be. your destiny? You stood with us eons ago, were trapped with us by the gods. And remained so until a misguided mortal bombarded himself with gamma rays, thus inadvertently releasing you. Yep. So we get another little flashback to how he became Sasquatch. Um, and then we see an angry Sasquatch face in a panel, which is presumably when he started to lose. Yeah, <laughs> when he started to lose control of his Walterness and get more Sasquatchness. Well, Wonderness. Wonderless. Or is this a flashback? This is a flashback. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah. And then we see Beta Flight, who are watching all this go on. And it's like that moment when the, the kids get their chance to shine. Yeah, the Home Alone moment. Yeah. Or the X-Men first movie moment. Yes, that one. Uh, um, that... And so let's... Get him, gang. Yeah. Four beings emerging from one, which is the explanation, only explanation of that. Of his power that you get in this, yeah. And then, uh, and then they all get stabbed by psychic death, which is represented by a giant projection of Summon's physical form, and he is black and white here. Yeah. Um, which she's make... yeah. Uh, apart from the shadows are brown. Yeah. And there's a spooky, long fingernailed talon through each of Mannequin's four forms. Uh, yeah. Drawing this finger is slightly dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I've just noticed the bottom of, um, what's his name? Future Guy's feet are circles. That's, yeah. h- that's hilarious. It's like, in Maybe the future, design shoes our in the future. feet will be circular. Or it might just be his shoes. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it's always best not to think too much about this stuff. But they, they've <laughs> each of Mannequin's personalities have powers. Mm. Mannequin himself doesn't have any, so he should not have run in to fight a great beast. It's just like, we need to come along for the ride. And Highbrow's power is to teleport stuff. Yeah. So why didn't you teleport something, rather than running into a gigantic psychic They were just hand. excited, and they're inexperienced. True, they are inexperienced. Like they need more training. Yeah, and that's what they're yeah. there for. That's that's the whole thing. Um, and then so Laura is like, "Come on, no, Purple Girl uh, is asking Laura to summon the Goblin because they need some help." 
Yeah. And in like a, a very dry little box, it's like, but it's not Laura who's threatened. It's only her friend. Yes. So we know that Laura um, can't can't summon um, Goblin. Yeah. So Goblin isn't uh, summoned. It comes when she's threatened. When, yeah, that's it. So it's like Hulkish, ish. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Heather looks over from where she's been crushed. She's emerged. She's fine. Uh, Beetlefly is in trouble. Tundra has a hold of box. I can't reach them in time. And then she's asking Sasquatch which side they're on, um, even though it, there's been no indication at all that Sasquatch was ever tempted by the offers. She's uh, been other than everyone around them constantly shouting, "Sasquatch, you're a baddie now." Yeah. So I mean, it, you're right. it, it plays into the the identity politics really. <clears throat> like you can call someone something, yeah. it won't make them that thing. True. Labels, man. Well, talking about labels, Sasquatch <laughs> isn't a goodie, a baddie, a man or a woman. Or she's an alphan. She's alphan oh, to that, the core. That's more important. <laughs> that reminds me of the hilarious bit earlier on, where Heather is talking about the identity crisis. Yeah. And she says, um, most people have to wonder whether they're good, bad, competent, incompetent, successful, or failures. Yeah. <laughs> I have to worry whether I'm a man, woman, or, or beast. beast. In fact, no, it's not Heather that says it. It's Wanda. It's Wanda, yeah. Um, he is also Sasquatch. So I love that as just like those are the six categories of people. <laughs> Good, bad, competent, incompetent, successful, or failure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's, that's how I judge my day. Yeah. Got a big chart on the wall. I mean, if you're bad, uh, competent, and successful, is that better than being good, incompetent, and a failure? Um, maybe it's like... <laughs> <laughs> got three sliding scales and yeah. you just decide at the end of the day was it good or a bad yeah oh, competent at evil but yeah so Sasquatch is like I'm alpha to the core of indicator as someone's about to learn grabbing uh, summon summon from behind yeah and seemingly like uprooting them so that they're like a chess piece and have no legs yeah and then but, breaking his neck yeah yeah uh, with a good crack sound effect, uh, which leaves Tundra. To so that everyone else has been finished off. Yeah. Um, do we assume that they're dead? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm like surprised by how much death there is in this comic. I feel like Alpha Flight is not scared of killing people off. Yeah, it's like the Game of Thrones of comics. In a yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very. If you are dead and you come back. You come back and not for long. It's mm. a mistake. So or you come back as someone else. Yeah, the great beasts just constantly turn back up. They're always so they're not killed. they're not dead. They're sort of like physical representation. They're yeah. beaten. When they're, they're they killed, they, but... they exist within the land. Yeah. So Carrie the corruptor, she's just been literally preserved by ice to prefer, preserve. So her. probably someone will just like go try and mine something and wake her up with a pesky human interference. At in the some nature. point, that's probably how it's going to work. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so everyone's been meeting except for uh, Tundra. And I, <laughs> um, there's a nice little thing from Mr. Jeffries who's flying around his box. He says, just like us to leave the biggest for last. Mm, just like, dead. what are we even playing at? But they are kind of working together. Yeah. They, which, from what I've gleaned from the podcast, is not their greatest strength. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, we'll come on to this after we've done okay. the thing. But uh, for reasons why I like his comic. Uh, okay. Uh, and then he credits uh, 
Heather with giving him the idea, but I don't remember how she gives him the idea. Um, she says it's um, pull up. Uh, yeah, so he has an idea, and uh, Tundra says you can chip away at me, uh, mortals. But I will, uh, I will add the frozen earth beneath his feet to his mouth. So Tundra says I will get every time you knock a bit off me, I'll regain it by sucking mm. it back up out of the North Pole, which hasn't got any earth under it, has it? My understanding is it's just ice. The North Pole has has a land mass. Does it? I don't know. I don't think the South Pole does. I'm not a geographer. I'm pretty sure there's a big factual inaccuracy here. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure the North Pole doesn't have. Can but you ask Amy about this and then report back? Oh, in the next... I'll get a really boring answer. <laughs> but yes, I will. I will ask. Um, so yeah, so Tundra Oh, is... and then he says, absorb mass. Well, two can play at that game. And then he flies off and everyone is like, why is he flying off? A, a purple girl in particular is concerned. I love how they all just have so many names and call each other by all of the names. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got two. Like, what happened to the original Mr. Box? Roger. Roger Box. Oh, it's sad. Did he die? I don't want to talk about him, okay. but yeah, he dies. Aww. It's very sad and really stupid. Like, I feel like they should talk about that more. Like, they should be like, oh, this reminds me of all of my, all my dead friends. Like, you look like Heather you look is... like Snowbird. She's my dead friend. That's making me sad. Heather is constantly wanging on about her dead husband all the time. Okay. They so very she's rarely mostly mention... focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't mention many of the other dead people, even though there's lots of them. They're very resilient Yeah. in the face of uh, mortality. Yeah. Um, so Purple Girl says he's like a father to me. I can't believe he'd leave. He, I can't he believe he left leave. me. But she's cradling Laura in her arms, and then Tundra steps on them, which means that Goblin finally shows up with an Auru. Auru. And um, a Throom before that. Yeah. Uh, and so Goblin's back in the fight now. Very short, but very fierce, very ugly. But they do make a point of saying, instead of a pair of crushed young women, a howling demon emerges. So they're hinting already yeah. at the fact that, and, where's Purple Girl? I think you pointed this out before, is that the only time we get captions in this comic, rather than thought bubbles or word balloons, is when they're describing what's going on with... Laura. Laura. Um, so they, yeah. yeah, maybe that's a stylistic choice because of her canonical autism it, it could be which could be problematic <laughs> it could be just pointing out the fact that uh, oh yeah because they've got this crackle here which means yeah. that they've been ported out uh, to live world yes and goblins been brought through to dead world so they've both gone through but you in might that place. not get that you might just, just from reading she's the dead. comic yeah. yeah so they needed to they needed to point it out yes in fact I didn't pick up on that I realised that going back after it's revealed that she has gone through yeah and it's crucial for the ending of the comic yes very much so um and then so mr jeffries phases out because he can't use his power when he's in his box armor okay unless it's really convenient for him to but he he jumps out he starts transmuting all of the metal from the secret base and adding it to the box so they've just spent all this time designing and decorating and making the space and he's just pulling it all out yeah to feed into the box and make the box a giant um droid yes um of 
Japanese kind of a Japanese robot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese ilk. Um which is just like it's classic well, it's, it's a death or life situation, <laughs> isn't it? Never mind that we've just done all of that yeah. work. Yeah. And now it's for nothing. Yeah. I left my fish dinner behind. Yeah. Well, really, that's still in there. Because yeah, so inside made... the robot, oh, yeah, it becomes also the base. like a creature. So they can they now use the giant box as their base? Because that would be kind of awesome. That's sort of what they do. So after he makes that and stands up and gives Tundra a thump to the face, and then everyone goes in a little yeah, door in his leg. a little door in his leg opens up and they all run in, like yep. Power Rangers. And but... Heather flies up a big tunnel and then they all get a lift. And on the inside, which... it looks like the inside of a space station yeah with lots of tubing um with mysterious colored chemicals mm-hmm. all flown about so it seems like as well as just transmuting he is also made a He's pretty well designed robot maybe yeah. it's just a giant version of what the inside of box was like anyway i don't think box had a door in his foot and a lift up to his head well apart from that <laughs> <laughs> and you can see them inside the visor yeah. which is very power rangers it's isn't it? very power rangers and yeah. like these just these little silhouettes in the visor uh and you're just in time for, for round, round two, two teammates and then he carries on thumping tundra where i take the heavyweight championship of the world i thought he was going to go for a time to pick on someone your own size i thought he would have as well yeah but like no he's gone a little bit more niche with it yeah uh, it's not an official title match. He's no. just decided. And I don't think he gets a belt. Yep. And then... Katroom! They... <laughs> With no Tundra's... H this time. <laughs> Tundra's not having any of this. Maybe when that went in before, it's supposed to be Katroom. Yeah, and it just didn't but fit. But he put an H in back. Or maybe this was meant to be Catherine and it and didn't they forgot. fit. Yeah. One of those mysteries we'll never have an answer you for. You never will. Until, um, again, they published that giant folio edition with all of the scripts true. and pencils. Yeah. Um, but, but Bill Mantlow won't be able to tell us because he's not able to. And Jim because Lee... Because he's dead? He's, in, he's very unhealthy yeah, after a car crash a few years ago. Um, uh, Jim Lee probably doesn't remember because he's been doing no. too much drawing. And I mean, why Jim would Lee you since... really? That's like quite a small detail. But it's one of those details that as you're drawing, you notice there's an accident you're like, Maybe in 20 years' time when I'm famous, someone will ask me about this. So Do you get that a lot? I often think that about my own work. <laughs> I'll definitely remember what this is all about. I should I should point out that I am one of Gareth's biggest fans. Um, uh, and also hey. laziest fan. <laughs> uh, in that I love your work, but don't necessarily pay attention to when it's coming out. If you've read one of the books, then you're a bigger fan than I've most people. I've got like a whole section of them in my shelf over there. Um... Yeah. So more than awkward. we have at home <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah and then uh, Tundra's having none of it and gets even bigger so it's not working Tundra may be big but most of his mass is made up of ice and snow a blast of incredible heat could melt him yeah and this is Sasquatch being comic scientist again oh yeah and understanding the science really lovely expression yeah and that drawing and just how is Mr. Jeffries to unleash such a blast Sasquatch says Heather very cuttingly, vindictively even. (laughs) Um, And then he points out, God, just science 101, Heather, the destruction of matter unleashes energy in the form of heat. If Box could destroy some of his mass, he could quite possibly destroy Tundra. Yeah. A large portion of the Earth he's standing on, himself, 
and us. Yeah. It's just like, don't be stupid, that's a terrible idea. But um, he does it anyway because life and death and even though these villains are constantly re-emerging, this yeah. is our one chance They're to save Canada. going to do it. And also what I like is that he says, I heard you and I heard sass, leader lady. <laughs> <laughs> that sassy Sasquatch. Uh, and by this time, I don't know if you noticed, but there are a couple Mr. Jeffries. Yes, I did notice that because they embraced yes. when they met. Yeah. So he's... But and he also time, has referred to her as his lady love on more than one occasion. That's <laughs> just, just Mr. Jeffries. Does that, is that how he call, talks to all his friends? <laughs> just He's just a special man. Um, so you have to... Because you have to be a proper confident in yourself. Yeah. To call somebody a lady love. Well, it's like Gambit calling it. people mon, mon cher. Mon cher. Mon cher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so oh, sorry, you just scared your cat. Uh, fine. He starts destroying the matter that he's just built up from the secret underground base into heat, and then in a wordless final page, everyone explodes yeah. and leaves a crater. There's a classic, like, um, just shadows, flash, yeah, like, uh. What's the word? Atomic flash yeah. uh, imagery with the Sasquatch and Heather looking like ah, um, like barefoot gen esque melty about to melt panel and then a big mushroom not really mushroom cloudy no more like a kind of flower yeah like a very pretty explosion and then some smoke and then a gaping crater crater with to be continued. But presumably they've all just gone to Live World. No. No? They haven't. Stupid than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'll, but you I'll won't, save. Oh. I, won't, I won't reveal that. I'll, so once we stop recording, do... I'll tell you what happens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, or you could just say I have to buy it. Uh, yeah. You Yes. Yeah. You have to go out and buy issue 56, 56 of Alpha Flight to find out what happens. And uh, yeah, I won't say any more because it's fine. Okay. So that is that issue. Um, one of the reasons why I because I sent you two issues you did. and one day we'll do the other one cool probably um, is that this one is we have had John Byrne's Alpha Flight mm-hmm. we've had the slow Burn. shifting out of getting rid of all of John Byrne's characters and now we've got Bill Mantlow's Alpha Flight which is the people who appear in this comic Okay, so this is now the core team yeah so there's none even of the, the, the beta people even the beta people they turn up in every comic Okay. So even though they're not Alpha Flight, they're still the it's main kind of like, characters. For um, a while. Defenders of the Earth. The um, cartoon when they always had the kids in it. Yes, exactly like that. Yeah. Um, I have the reference point. <laughs> I had to remember that was that was Defenders one. Defenders of, of the Earth. Defenders. Mandrake, Flash Gordon. Yeah, and. Um, Lothar, I want to say, was that his yeah, name? There was Phantom. I used Phantom. That, and Mandrake and Flash Gordon. And another man. And there was like a woman. Was there? Yeah. She did like some crap, like Fred Invisible and. <laughs> it's always, yeah. Some crappy little woman power. Yeah. And then they all had kids. Oh yeah. no, maybe I'm thinking of one of the kids as a girl. Me- yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a black guy who. Was oh yeah. Bald. Yeah. Looks kind of like Mr. T. Yeah. In in like combat gear. Yes. Yeah. But. Uh... Hunter. No, uh... that's a that's a gladiator. <laughs> Um, anyway, it was great. Yes, I and remember I really that. liking it. An equal amount 
and like an equal amount to the X-Men cartoons and one has okay. become this massive thing and one is completely forgotten. Yeah, because that was... Uh, Defenders of the Earth was like a, dif- a different comic company's characters. I can't remember who it was. What, not of the big two? No, it was Ooh. something else. And so Mandrake and Flash Gordon and everyone else and the Phantom. Yeah. They're from a different comic company. Different they just comic like universe. lumped them in. Yeah. Oh, so they didn't come from the same universe. They just decided to put them in the same universe. I don't know enough to talk oh, that's okay. about. And it's never stopped me from giving yeah. a strong opinion before. But I, uh, I, yeah. That only. We were talking about this in the pub last night. <laughs> okay. And I sang a lot of the theme tune. <laughs> I won't <laughs> sing anymore. <laughs> maybe, maybe instead of having um, O Canada, I'll have the defense of the That's X Men. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I was like, that's it. Okay, and it, yeah. yeah, so that is this issue. So yeah. we, we've got totally different characters to the previous Alpha Flights. Apart from Heather about. and Sasquatch. But Sasquatch is, oh, is now Wanda, and yeah, so she's, essentially she's a different character. A great beast called Wanda. Yes. Uh, and Heather was always in it, but she's now a superhero rather than a mousy secretary. Okay. A mounty secretary? Mousy. Yeah, she was, she was always like second fiddle to... Um, James husband. Uh, James, James husband. husband. Jesus Christ. James. <laughs> All Hunt, men when so. they marry <laughs> give up their name to become <laughs> Mr. Husband. Makes the postman's job really difficult because everyone's called husband. Yeah. Well, that's why you should just address everything to the women because they're in charge. Uh, what was I think? Yeah. So she was played second fiddle to James Hudson, Hudson and was kind. She was called like the heart of the team. Which is a little bit patronising. Bit patronising, uh, but yeah, now she's a fully fledged superhero, mm, leader she has the of powers. a very powerful superhero team. Yeah, and then they these are their new adventures, uh, where they just do ridiculous things. And constantly. it's like it's more of a through story than the earlier ones, which tend to be more like kind of a story and some exposition and a flashback yeah. and like bitty so you don't get that old style a plot yeah b plot yeah. c plot you just get overlapping plots and a fight yeah and everything's dumped in constantly and and during this run every issue is it's like entirely different it's so uh there's one where they just like fight the army and there's another one where they fight somebody. They fight what's his name, Bedlam, in a secret base. There's the one, one before this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just constantly ploughing ahead. But is there character development in amongst Not that? Not a lot. Okay. Not really. So they've all done their major changes now, and so there'll there'll be fundamental changes to each of the characters, but not to how they you might know, react to a situation. Romance triangles. There's no no. So the soap operaness. It's just been replaced yeah. with everyone coupling off. So, um, well, which is quite nice, really. Yeah, it's nice to see monogamy represented. Yeah. So, Purple Girl and Mannequin are a couple. Oh, okay. Which is not obvious at all in this book. No, they don't mention that really. Um, and Heather and Mr. Jeffries are a couple, which just leaves Sasquatch, who doesn't know who to couple off with. Because. And their sexuality is in question. Yeah. Or it's like too much of a question so they don't want to deal with it. She hasn't really had a chance. There's nobody uh, left on the team. Yeah. Uh, apart from Goblin, that would be really that, odd. That would be inappropriate because she's a child. She's an autistic child, yeah. I mean, autistic people are allowed to have love as well, Gareth. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
Sorry. I'm pulling a face. It's just I've made a boo-boo. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, but um, the love between a Sasquatch woman beast mm. and a small child is inappropriate. It would, yeah. yeah, I think. It wouldn't get through the comics code. No. No. Um, yeah, and something else I noticed is that in this is Walter and Wanda, and I need to check my facts, but I'm pretty sure that in... Have you read Sandman? Yes. Yeah. There is a Wanda. There's a Wanda. Was she oh, a Walter? Oh, and she is a, she's a transgender character. She's a transgender character. Oh, she might be Walter. Yeah, so maybe that was an homage. Maybe. What came I'm first? This. This. Oh. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. more sense. So, I am developing slowly... I say slowly, I came up this morning, I'm pretty sure it's true conspiracy theory that Neil Gaiman has stolen all of Sandman from the pages of Alpha Flight based okay. on that one fact. Right, so we need to look for other common factors. And there are some. Okay, what have you spotted? I can't mention it yet, it's in a different episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, and all, yeah. And, yeah. Mm. So, well, the, what else did you like about this issue? What did I like about it? Before I get carried away. Well, I've already talked quite a lot about the... Um, visual mm-hmm. elements that I enjoy. Um, it's fine. Okay, here's the question like that it. you wanted me to ask you. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I haven't actually prepared for though. Who would you kiss? Who would you marry? And who would you kill? <sighs> this is a regular feature which you must use in every subsequent <laughs> episode. Um, who would? I think that I would. How old is Purple Girl? She's a teenage She's girl. She's a teenage, so that would be inappropriate She's for me to marry somewhere her. somewhere around 16 or 17. Yeah, she looks a bit young. Mm. Um, Mr. Jeffries is quite attractive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, if you married a Mannequin, that yeah. would be really handy for household chores. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Like, get stuff done in, in a quarter of the time. Yeah, and you could watch TV and then, like, send... Uh, ape man off to yeah. make a cup of tea or something yeah do you think ape man would be qualified to make a good cup of tea I, I've not mm. I've only seen him lifting heavy objects he's good at lifting things and hitting things so maybe not but um highbrow could I don't know probably... I feel like highbrow would be like a buzzkill though <laughs> he would but... be annoying to be <laughs> with yeah. I would, like you'd be like go just manifest them and send them off to do the housework yeah. and not actually have to talk to them. Because, like, Highbrow would constantly be, like, going on, like, oh, 2D image. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we're, I've got 5D TV. Yeah. Not like I'm this. evolutionarily advanced. Yeah. Um, but you said that they're nice people, so maybe that's maybe that's not true. Yeah. Um, that you still avoid any question of who you'd kiss and who you'd No, marry. I think I would definitely... You'd kiss Mary would, and kill Mr. No, Jeffries. I would. I think I would kiss Mr. Jeffries, uh, marry Sasquatch. Yeah. And I would kill. Oh, oh no! Maybe I should marry like the big green villain. <laughs> the character. <laughs> that was really exciting. No, no, I will marry Sasquatch and I will kill. Are you allowed to kill a villain? Yeah, yeah I guess so. The, we haven't made hard and fast rules. No. It's an accidental feature which has accidentally been drawn into a second episode, so... Yeah. Um, I don't know, Heather is quite annoying. <laughs> yeah. There's... She's, she's a bit literal. But I suppose that's all comic characters in this kind of comic, isn't it? They're all quite... Yeah, they are, yeah. They'd... Hmm. I don't know. Because I like them all in their own way. Um, 
I think I would kill Tundra because that would be satisfying. Yes, and because it would the, mean that they didn't all get exploded. It'd be very bombs, tactile. Yeah. Tactile murder. Well, <laughs> it didn't say murder. What? Kill and murder are synonyms. Kind of. Kind of. You could, I don't know. Not always. I mean, there's like, would In this you strangle country, Tundra to death or would you arrange an elaborate accident? I mean, if we want to get into, like, the trolley problem, <laughs> we can turn this into a philosophy podcast. Yeah. Or just the practicalities of um, No, like, you would want to do it in a visceral, tactile way because he's made of all mulch. Yeah. So maybe, like, yeah, punching him with a giant robot is pretty great. It's worked here. Yes. Um, and previously, erosion has worked. I mean, that also is, like, a slow death. But they it speed wasn't. It up. Yeah, they speed yeah. it up. Yeah. So that that I think that would be really satisfying to watch to see him erode, like. I think so too. Like watching the sea. Yeah. Come in. Uh, they don't. Uh, they use North Star and Aurora to use wind erosion, and Shaman does something as well, and Sasquatch just punches him a bit to distract him. I think. Mm. Something to do with that. Uh, yeah, when we recorded that, we can record an episode about it with um, Sean uh, from uh, the Secret Wars podcasts. But um, I hadn't read the issue before we started recording, <laughs> and so I can't remember what happened. I think I listened to that one, and that's why I know that. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and Sean was good because he knew what he was talking about. What are you saying? That I don't most oh, of the time. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I have lots of opinions. I also don't. And nothing to back them up. <laughs> So, oh, I'll tell you one thing which I noticed just now, which is I me. So in the flashback mm. where we see uh, Wanda going through all her history. Yes. And then down at the bottom, you see the birth of Wanda, where Mr. Jeffries in his... So this is... Mr. From... Jeffries looks enormous in that picture. Yeah. And then you've got Northside in his dressing gown. Looking because tiny. this is obviously when they Oh, is this when they're bed. all naked? This is when they're all naked. Yeah, in, in the episode with Amy. And they haven't drawn Puck's hair in. Yeah, he, he is bald. Unbelievable. That's strange. Just a tiny man at arse level. Staring with his hands. With quite a small head as well. Yeah, very offensive. Um, yeah. And, uh, no, I enjoyed what, that. Yeah, I've just noticed that um, in that panel, Smart Alec is stood in front of the Mystic Handbag. Uh, which from now on is what we're going to refer to it, it as. It does look a bit like a handbag with yeah. some nice fringing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's of that ilk. Yeah. I, I, what's happening in this picture where that's there his is a consciousness naked, floating a naked, around in space. A naked, idealized male form with a yellow snake of vapor hiding his um, unmentionables. Is yeah, uh, that that's his consciousness floating around. After his failed, so attempts, it's not surprising if that's his consciousness that he would he come would come out, out looking, looking like, like a such like a pinup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he obviously has a very healthy self-image. Yeah, yeah, and he did before. So in yeah. that way, it's true to Walter's character. Um, he thought a lot of himself. Yeah. Because he was a bio-nuclear physicist who was extremely rich and everyone fancied. But didn't make him into like a dick like Nordstar. No, he wasn't. He was all right. He he um did make fun of Puck. Oh. He called him the mascot. So Puck duffed him up. But was it like in a loving way? Oh, Not really. Borderline. Yeah. I mean, no, you wouldn't yeah. get away with it nowadays. 
Well, in the way that when you're friends with someone, you're really mean to them. They weren't, they just... They weren't, they just... Oh, okay, then that's inappropriate. It's very inappropriate, yeah. Um, So, yeah. Uh, And was there anything in particular that you didn't like about this comic? Um... I mentioned I don't like the way they coloured the Great Beasts. Oh, yeah. I I didn't like the colouring of the red borders on some of the text. True. I find that very... Uh, troubling but I did enjoy the psychedelic colouring and the superpower colouring um I didn't like that we didn't um learn very much about the great beasts which is interesting because I also didn't like the clumsiness of the exposition when we learn all about (laughs) them so it's uh it's just uh time isn't it it's just deciding what what's relevant yeah, and also, so it comes back to Tom DeFalco being the, the Pooh Bar in chief, mm. is that Jim Shooter's old rule was if this is your first comic, you should be able to yeah. understand what's going on. But maybe we've got rid of that rule now. Maybe, I mean... Because it's unpopular. Some people don't like that rule. It's an interesting one, because I feel like for m- most children, uh, certainly was my experience, that when you start getting into comics, you just, you just buy read any it. old comic... Yeah. And you definitely don't, or we didn't, in back in the day, have the power to collect the issues you actually want to mm. read next. You you just have what turns up in the shops. That's right. Um, but I think also children tend to be more open to uh, consuming media they don't understand because yeah. that's how they experience the world, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't know most of the stuff. Yeah. So the fact that it makes no sense is just like, oh, it's still cool though. Yeah, and they just gloss over the bits they don't understand. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I'm don't enjoying this love triangle, this battle, I can enjoy it for itself. I don't need to read it in order and collect it and be really anal about um, plot continuity. Yeah, it's like... um, And that, you grow into that as you mature as a geek. Yeah, it's like when I um, made Bill read uh, The Thing Meets Alpha Flight in 2-1, and his favourite bit was when the gigantic demigod just destroys some fighter planes. He never once considered the political and cost no. of just blowing up some fighter planes mm. or really of the uh, the effort it would take to evacuate a city mm. he didn't think about that he just saw a gigantic mostly naked man ruining everyone's lives but that is absolute classic superhero <laughs> yeah. content isn't it it's that is, yeah. massive amounts of expensive damage very little fallout yeah but once you get to a certain like a certain age and persuasion, you start to question all the little things that you do. And you enjoy it when they put in the rye sides, like, oh, that was expensive. Yeah. And then you get to my age when you're just like, oh, we should stop putting rye sides in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm full. Sorry? Don't need a, a rye side. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> a side of rye? Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I'm having trouble processing. Do you need some more coffee? <laughs> Um, right, I yeah. think we have covered issue 55. It's pretty good. Thank you for choosing this issue for me. I That's enjoyed right. it. I think at one point I thought I'd chosen you one more. Oh, look, way. there's like a pharaoh there. Uh, that is no, one another of, of the, the ancient spirits looking uh, on sadly oh. as the great ones march over the earth. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, he's the, so it says here, we were trapped by the gods, and I think we see one of the gods yeah. trapping them in a flashback. So, did Sasquatch used to also be massive? 
Uh, yeah, he was like nine foot tall when he Sasquatch. But like compared to the other great beasts, he was that's much quite small. shorter than the other great beasts. Yeah. So much, it much seems shorter. like probably when in the time before man, they would have been just like you're the little one. He would have been like the baby great yeah. beast. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, if it's the time before man, who would they want to corrupt? Why would you have the a gods? Yeah, but or maybe think... each other. Maybe. Maybe they were all good before the corrupter. True, uh, the artificer is uh, Solomon, isn't it? The artificer. Mm. So. Um... Is one of those things which I don't think they thought through very hard. Which is, you know, fair enough. Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. You don't have to think through everything. No. Sometimes it'd be nice to give it a little bit of thought. But, um, no. Uh, and it's certainly true of Bill Matlow's run, which he doesn't think through a lot very hard. And, yeah, so, sorry, one other thing, as, as I was trying to close this podcast, is that they set up this whole thing where they make an entire base... Yeah, and then they destroy it. And then they just absolutely wreck it. Which did, so, which is a, a bit upsetting. Yeah. Um, it does make the, the beginning kind of pointless. They didn't really need that, other than it's a, kind of a bait and switch, though, isn't it? Because you think you're going to get one story. Oh yeah, that's and when then the, you when I thought it was going. Yeah, that. So then I suppose it's just misdirection. Yeah. Um. There uh, was there was and then the slight Chekhov's gun is like, oh, it's not like, um. Sasquatch to be that introspective so we know there's something awry there and then that's like the yeah and then there's another possible yeah. storyline yeah so yeah but like as a story it works yes but the seeds of the story of the next story are sort of worked into the main story they don't keep breaking away mm. to meanwhiles and over in this other part of Canada yeah they just shoot through the whole thing so yeah that was 55 I don't really like the cover very much. No, the cover's a bit lacklustre. It's uh, a bit just like a big shot of giant boxes, shiny metal ass. It really is. Just a big, unsexual ass shot. Although I like his giant feet in this. His feet are not this giant in the in the art inside. No. This I, is more like Astro Boy level of feet. This was done by Potsley and Milgram. Oh, but... look, they're like running... Okay, it's kind of growing on me. Oh, it's... Yeah, the more you look at it, the more it makes sense. In it's one that has a lot going on rather than an instant graphic impact. Yeah, um, and they do the little life guard trick here of because we don't know what Tundra's feet look like, he just covers them in wind, so you can't see uh. them. Uh, same as uh, old uh, what's his face, Karyuk. Karyuk. Matlock. Uh, it's looking really cool though. I really visually enjoy Karyuk. Um I like the horribleness of the character. Yeah. Gruesome without being actually scary. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and sorry, yeah. The other reason I wanted to talk about this one is and uh this is like the last Lord of the Rings films where it's constantly ending mm. for a good half hour. But uh this is the sorry. only time that Wanda talks about herself, really. Oh, okay. This is the one chance. So this is to the closest the we get to, and all of... she says is, "I'm so confused." Yeah. Yeah. Well, until she realizes that it doesn't matter if she's a man or a lady or beast. She's, she's an alphan. That's right. Uh, she's kind of beautiful. 
It's very beautiful. Kind of beautiful. It's, we've got to search for the elephant inside of ourselves. <laughs> it sounds uh, like you're saying elephant. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, if anybody would like to find you on the internet, <laughs> where could they do that? Um, so I am Jenny Robbins most places. I've got the JennyRobbins.com. I'm at Jenny Robbins on the Twitter. <laughs> the Jenny Robbins. No, just JennyRobbins.com. <laughs> yeah. To clear that up. <laughs> There's no there. <laughs> I'm not there. There yeah. are actually lots of people with my name, but thanks to our mutual ex boss, my uh, search engine optimization yeah. is pretty pretty good. Yeah. So if you Google me, I come up. Well, that's why I'm Gareth A. Hopkins, uh... not Gareth Hopkins, because there's a acrobat Gareth Hopkins, there's a cricket player Gareth Hopkins, there's a uh, park ranger Gareth Hopkins, and I'm not any of them. No. I'm Gareth A. Hopkins. Or Gurthink. Or Gurthink. Yes. Um, or gee, I think. Yeah, which I get a lot. Yeah. 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 But um, yes, yeah, so I'm at Jenny Robbins on Twitter. Um, I'm at My Words Fly on Instagram. Yep. Um, Jenny Robbins Illustration on Facebook. Is that? Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm Gareth A. Hopkins, the Gareth A. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also Gerthink, Gareth at Gerthink.com, Gerthink.bigcartel.com, where you can buy books. And uh, yeah, go and leave a five star review on this podcast. Do or that. The, just the podcast series. I don't know if you can do it on individual podcasts. Um, I haven't got uh, an Apple device, so I can't check it. Yes, join me again for another episode of Alpha Football.